Welcome to an owner's guide for your life, the podcast that combines psychology, coaching, common sense, and fun. I'm Tracy Browning, an entrepreneur, life coach, and lover of people. Now, let's talk about how to live, love, make money, and change the world. Hey, I'm glad you're here. This is episode three, and we are going to talk about feelings. Last episode, we talked about a simple framework for our life, and here it is. Understanding that our thoughts and our feelings collaborate. They work together to birth our actions, and that is what makes up our life. So, being the kind of person you are, because you're listening to an owner's guide for your life, you want to be a good owner of your life. So it's helpful to understand how this works. Our relationships, our jobs, our experiences, our lives, they're, they're just this grand smorgasbord of thoughts and feelings and actions. And a good place to start is to first just be aware of our thoughts, to notice what we're thinking. Then the next step is to know that every thought we think is not necessarily true. Thoughts are sentences and phrases that are they're just happening in our heads. Just because we think it doesn't make it true. Now remember, that's something that might be a little bit different for you to think about, but we get to choose what we want to believe. And there is a difference in thinking and believing. There is power in that. You can decide what you want to believe. We can purposely think thoughts that serve us. Now, on to feelings. You have some feelings. Maybe you've got a lot of feelings. And you probably have feelings about having feelings. And you've had thoughts about your feelings. You may have been told, well, you are just too much. You are too emotional. Just too much. Maybe you weren't told that, but maybe you thought it. But you may be on the other end of the spectrum. You may think you don't have many feelings at all or thoughts about your feelings. Whatever way you are, it's fine. I am here to tell you there is not one right way to be. There are all kinds of ways to be. As many ways to do life, as many ways to be as there are people in the world. So don't beat yourself up if you think you're different. All our differences make the world beautiful and interesting. Now, we're going to talk about feelings here, and it it may be in a way that you're not really used to thinking about them, but we'll see. Let's start with this. Feelings aren't good or bad. They just are. It's the thoughts that we think about our feelings and the labels we put on them that have us thinking, oh, they're good or they're bad. Labeling them, it it really doesn't help us, but we still do it anyway. It's really more helpful to consider if it serves you or not, rather than thinking, is it good or bad? Now, you know as well as I do that some feelings can be really uncomfortable. And if we feel uncomfortable, we can quickly start thinking, oh, this is bad. It's not bad. It's just uncomfortable. 
So think for a minute about feeling courageous. If you're in a challenging situation and you need to feel courage, it can feel like absolute crap. It, it can be hard. It can be scary. It's just you're in a, a situation where you need courage. So it, it's not like sunshine and roses, right? But I think we can all agree that courage can serve us. So it's a really good example of it can serve us, but still be uncomfortable. Now, another thing about feelings is in our culture, we tend to have been taught that having feelings is weak or feminine. And I just disagree with this. We all have feelings. Having feelings, that's what makes us human. Now, I could go on a tangent on this for days, but I'm not going to. I will say this. Our society teaches us lessons like, you know, we start out telling our toddlers, big boys don't cry. And then they grow up believing what? That real men don't cry, which is bull. Even tears, you know, there's different kinds of tears, but they have a physiological and psychological purpose. So I'm going to stop. Deep breath. Okay. Back on my main track here. We may have also been taught that it's more important to be logical than in tune with our emotions. It's not just more important. It can be more professional to be logical than emotional. That softer skills, and I'm doing the air quotes, softer skills, they're not as valuable at work. They're not as valuable in life. Oh, fortunately, in recent years, there's a body of work on the concept of emotional intelligence, understanding your own emotions, which helps you with yourself, but it also helps you with interpersonal relationships and being able to understand emotions and that it's not soft or weak. That's not something that's just for women. It's an important part of our human experience. Now, as, as we talk about how our thoughts and feelings collaborate, you may wonder, which comes first? Chicken or the egg? The thought or the feeling? Personally, I don't get too tangled up in worrying about which is first. Some schools of thought, um, they teach that thoughts are always first. You just may not be consciously aware that you're thinking first. Some schools of thought say feelings come first and that our feelings that are in our bodies send messages up to our brain and our brains interpret what we're feeling. And you know, all this is happening like in split milliseconds. Um, so it, it's really difficult to tell. And I think it's easy to get lost in the weeds on this. You could have a philosophical debate, but for me, here's what's most important. The most important information is that thoughts and feelings are connected. And when we change one, the other's impacted. You might experience a thought first. You might have a feeling first. It may be one way for you in this instance, and then another time, it's different. But they're always connected. And in psychological terms, we're here we're talking about correlation, not causation, but they're correlated. They're always connected. Now, sometimes 
it's just kind of hard to suss out the difference between a thought and a feeling. Thoughts live in our heads. Feelings, they're in our bodies. And it's not only difficult to, all right, what's the difference between the thought, the feeling? It can be really challenging to sort out between feelings. Now, there's a, a researcher that I really admire her work, Dr. Susan David. She is a Harvard Medical School psychologist. She's a management consultant. She is an expert on emotion and achievement and happiness. She's got more than 20 years of research looking at this concept she calls emotional agility. And she wrote a book on it, same title, Emotional Agility. It's about being able to use insights about your feelings to adapt and align your values and actions and bring the best of yourself into the situation. Now, I love that idea, being able to bring the best of yourself into a situation. To me, that's what being a good owner of your life is all about. Bring the best of yourself as much as you can, as often as you can. Now, one concept she talks about, she calls it emotional granularity. It's sorting through so you can be more aware of, of your specific feelings instead of this like general glump that, that we're more used to thinking about and talking about. Because the more accurately we can recognize what we're feeling, the more capable we are of regulating it and, and understanding ourselves better, but also understanding and relating to other people better. Now this played out for me a few weeks ago. My husband and I had spent the weekend at the beach. Now, I love the beach. It's my happy place. I love to sink my toes in the sand and let the waves wash over my feet and soak up the sun and breathe the salt air. And, oh, I've had at least one trip to the beach every year of my life for as long as I can remember. That's a long time. So, it's my happy place. And we were heading home. Um, it was about 10.30 on a Sunday morning. And we make it 10 whole minutes into the trip. Now, I was just snarly. And I am not usually snarly. So, my husband says something to me about food. Do you want some food? And I just growl at him. <sighs> yeah, I could eat something, I guess. Maybe later, I kind of mutter off to the side. So, he took a slight detour, which highly annoyed me that we were detouring because he wants to see what's open to get some food. Well, hardly anything's open. It's 10.30 on a Sunday morning, and there's definitely not anything that's going to make me happy. He knew it. I knew it. This, <laughs> this is not a good situation. But he pulls into a drive-thru. We both turn our heads and look at the menu board, and he says, what do you want? <laughs> I glare at him and nothing. I don't want anything. Let's just go. So we pull out of the line and get back on the road and start back on our way home. And now at this point, I'm realizing there is something going on that I need to deal with. And it's about more than me just being a little bit hangry. And if I don't figure it out, we're just going to keep suffering through this supremely unpleasant car ride. So I said to him, okay, I'm sorry. Let me just think on things for a minute here. 
So I thought about what was happening in my body. Yeah, I felt a little hungry. And, and I felt this dull weight in my stomach. This really solid heaviness that felt like tentacles spreading through my whole body. And I wanted to cry, which was just not my typical emotion these days. And then it hit me. Tracy, you're really sad. You're leaving a place you love. And you're mad that you have to leave a place you love. So just sit and feel sad and mad a bit. It's okay. And I even sat there and calculated, okay, it's 47 and a half hours of delightful beach time. Is it worth the 30 minutes of sadness and anger that I'm feeling? Is it worth it when I do it again? Ah, well, yeah, it is worth it. The feeling the sad and mad, that, that didn't feel good but it was worth the experience. Now, if I hadn't explored my thoughts and feelings, I could have just attempted to make myself feel better with food, which wouldn't have worked out very well because I would have just been throwing food in on top of that heavy weight in my belly. And, you know, there's a recipe for indigestion. And I probably would not have realized, or at least it would have taken me a lot longer to realize that the bigger issue was that I was feeling sad about leaving the beach. I wasn't just hungry. <laughs> I wasn't mad at my husband who was taking detours out of his way to try and take care of me. But to be able to identify what I was feeling and, and to feel it and acknowledge it, that gave me the space to appreciate my emotions and my experience. My beach time matters to me. So yeah, I'm sad when it ends. Like, oh kind of take some liberties with the Tennyson quote here in the end, it is better to have loved and left the beach than to have never been at the beach at all. <laughs> oh. Now, for the perfectionist among us, and I am a recovering perfectionist, it's more important to just start your thinking and feeling work, to just start looking at your thoughts and being aware of your thoughts and feelings. Don't worry about trying to get it right. You, you're not going to do this perfectly. Just be aware. And the more you do it, the more easily you start to be able to identify what you're thinking and feeling. I mean, like my example of, you know, coming home, I think about my thoughts and feelings all the time. But in the wild, in my regular life, they sneak up on me. So I have to train myself and remind myself, hey, stop, think, what's going on, let's see. Um, so, but the more I do it, the easier it is. Now, here's the thing about feelings too. Like now, obviously I've got the, the ocean on my brain today, but you ever been swimming in the ocean and, and you're out and you're playing in the water and you're you know, up and down the waves, but you're keeping that beach umbrella in your, in your view and you're playing and after a while you look up and wait a minute, I'm not in front of my bright striped beach umbrella anymore. It's like 50 feet down the beach. What happened? Well, the current pulls you. Sometimes it's stronger than others. Sometimes it pulls you down the beach more quickly than others. That's what emotions do to us, especially if we're not paying attention and we're not aware. They just pull us off course. They pull us a little bit farther down the beach, away from our umbrella, away from our marker. 
So part of this is just being aware of what we're feeling and what direction it's pulling us in. Here's another Susan David quote that I like. Emotions are data, not directives. Emotions, and this is especially helpful if you're one of these people who think, mm, I don't really have a lot of emotions, or it's not really worth my time to think about emotions. Well, emotions can give you a lot of information about yourself, about the people around you, about your situations, and you don't have to be at the mercy of your emotions. You're not directed by them. You can look at your feelings and respond in the spirit of Viktor Frankl, because there's debate about, is this a Viktor Frankl quote, or is this, whose quote is this? But it's basically, he said it, and probably other people have said it too. Between stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space is our power. Think of your feelings and give yourself space. Give yourself the power to examine your emotions, to feel them, to use them in a way to bring your best self into the situation, to be a good owner of your life. That's what we're in this for, to be the best that we can be, to bring our best self forward into the situation as often as we can. Now, in future episodes, I'll feature questions from listeners like you. If you've got a question or a topic or a situation you want to explore, send me an email, cover the basics, send it over to me, Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y, at tbrowning.com. Put podcast question in the subject line and hit send. Can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the podcast so you get notified when new episodes drop every week. Now, go. Live, love, make some money, and change the world.